0: Hello and welcome back to the American Scouser podcast. Listeners, you're in for a treat tonight. We've got a wonderful group of gents here with me tonight. Uh, Jamie, your host. I'm joined tonight with Paul, Parker and Timuchin. How are we all doing, lads? We're good. We're good.
1: Better than our offense, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As per usual, Timuchin straight off the bat. All about the business. Let's go. Let's go. So um, yeah, um, obviously uh, this is our our first podcast of the year. Um, we've got some news that I'm sure all Liverpool fans have heard um, with the passing of of Jerry Marsden from Jerry and the Pacemakers. All of us at American i would like to pay our respects uh, to the man himself. Um, truly a scouser that'll never walk alone. Um, died 78 years of age. Um, had his funeral there the other day and. Uh, it would have been nice for the fans to be there at Anfield to to sing "You'll Never Walk Alone" as loud as they possibly could. Uh, I'm sure it would have been heard all the way up in Manchester and probably even all the way over here to the eastern shore of America. But without further ado, lads, we'll uh, we'll jump straight into the to the big one. Um, <laughs> Liverpool, of course, drew. Uh, one one with Everton today. Uh, the under twenty threes. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, we're talking about United. I was like,
1: when do we score?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the under twenty threes did today. Um, unfortunately, another draw. But uh, there you go. Um, big one at the weekend, like we were saying at Anfield without the fans. <sighs> so let's just let's just start with the facts, shall we? Tomosin, we'll we'll start with you. The facts, you know, time of recording here Monday night, like I said, um, the under 23s drew tonight. Um, but the facts are we're, we're there or thereabouts. We're three points off the top, aren't we? We're halfway through the season. If I had told you at the start of the season that we'd find ourselves in this sort of spot, I wouldn't have obviously been able to call the injuries. But would you have taken it? Being
1: three points off the top? I mean, I would take it over being five points off the top, I guess, but I I don't know, like just looking at the last, I mean, when we look and this is why, you know, we talked about this before about like looking at the schedule and not trying to, you know, count the chickens before they hatch kind of thing. But when we looked at the schedule, maybe, I don't know, like three, four weeks ago, it almost looked like we were going to like an easier patch in the year where like we're playing, you know, full on and stuff like that and we almost got the feeling and the hope that we would almost use this time to kind of like make a gap between us and number two, like, you know, we thought it would be city uh, at the time or like Spurs. But um, I mean, I feel like, I think we were talking about it during the game on our discord channel. I feel like I've been watching the same game for like 500 to 600 minutes straight of, you know, us in position trying to break down a defense and just not being able to do it. So I think, I mean, to answer your question, I guess, yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's not a disaster scenario, like some people are like already jumping off the bridge, which I it was way too freaking early for that. But having said that, it is concerning. So you can only say, Oh, it's just like a phase, phase, phase for so long before you kind of like, you know, you gotta realize there's a problem there and we gotta kinda like address it and fix what uh, we can.
0: And Paul. You know, Timitian's pretty much hit the nail on the head that what I'm trying to get at. It's not all doom and gloom. We're doing all right. Um, so, I mean, same question to you. Like, you, you can see what, what Timitian's getting at. It's, it's not all doom and gloom. However, halfway through the season, not, not terrible, you know, despite everything that's gone on.
2: No, I mean, it's definitely not all doom and gloom. I think, I think the interesting thing is, is, like, people forget that, this side seems to do this every year at about this time. Um, we kind of traditionally have this like post Christmas slump. I think the difference this time is is that the goals have dried up in a way that we've never seen before. Um, and And I think that's the concerning thing. And then, of course, we've got a variety of things that are sort of like these hot topics, right? Like, why aren't we buying a center back? Why are all our players injured? Like things would be, we'd be on top of the table and 12 points. clear. clear if Diego Giotto is playing, you know I mean? There's all these like other, like sort of hot topics that swirl around it. But when you like sort of pan out it and look at it from a thousand feet up, I think, I think we, we have a natural dip in form for whatever reason at this time of year. Um, the end of the day, Like, we've got the best manager in the world in 20 games to go.
0: Absolutely. And, Parker, you know, like we're all saying, it's not doom and gloom. There are upsides to this. You know, it's not (laughs) – there are positives to take from all of this. Um, We're a depleted and, and dejected side right now. So, like, you know, give me some of your positives, you know?
3: I mean, knock on wood, we haven't been having additional injuries, you know, I think that's a healthy team is positive. You know, every week is one week closer to having Joe to back. It's one week closer to having, you know, any other given player that's injured back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're not in a relegation battle. You know, there's practically speaking, no chance of us going down a league. I mean, it, it, it could be a lot worse. Obviously we've been, we've been very spoiled. You know, the past few years, um, but the team could be in a much, much worse position than it is right now. I mean, we're still in the battle for first, no matter what way you put it out. We're not even halfway through the season yet.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: Just a few points out of first. Yeah. It's going to be a tight race. Big deal. You know, it's, that's what it is. It's a competition. That's what we want is for it to be a tight race. If we're going to be blowing them out every single week. Wouldn't be fun to watch. No. So, I mean, I think, yeah, it does suck that we've been playing like crap that we can't score a goal, you know, playing like crap by our standards rather, but we could be in so much worse of a position. You know, we could have players leaving left and right. We could have a crap manager. We could be losing a lot of money. We could be in financial trouble where we have to sell players. You know, it's the sky ain't falling yet i guess no. is uh my big takeaway positively wise
0: and you know Klopp kind of touched on it uh, a bit on his uh, his post-match interview he's quoted as saying that uh, i know that football fans in general are not the most patient species on the planet uh, so they want to win each game of football which you know that's that's the best manager in the world they bringing everybody down to earth um But to mention, you know, and um, I'm sure you've had a chance to read uh, our wonderful Mr. Bickler's player ratings here. Um, For all those listeners, go ahead, give it a read because it's fantastic. There's also lots of other articles which we can talk on later, um, especially the Jordan Gerrard one um, about the history between Man United and Liverpool. It's a great read. Uh, Get on that if you can. But... um, as we're talking about the the ratings and Paul will we'll come to you in a minute. Um Paul he, to Michonne, sorry, Paul really hit the nail on the head there with a with a quite a, a number of um of you know man in the match performances from some players, but Salah with a four, you know. And I'm not I'm not raking you over the coals here, Paul. I, I agree with you. Um but would you say to Michonne that it's 50-50. Luke Shaw had a, a game, really,
1: um, that is uncharacteristic of him, and so did Mo as well. I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, that's not the first time we've seen that where Shaw was able to handle Mo. And, I mean, it's part of it is Mo's trying to, like, out-muscle. The chubby Shaw is not, like, a good equation in my head because, I mean, I feel like, you know, he – I mean – most fans will not want to admit it because first of all, it's freaking Shaw we're talking about, but he kind of has most number over the last couple of games. Uh, I mean, even before, even last year, I mean, yeah, most scored that goal, but I mean, it was like James chasing him down on the counter yeah, yeah. from like Ali's kick. So I feel like, I mean, I agree with Bickler's rating. I, it's frustrating to watch the front three because it feels like, all of them are doing the same thing repeatedly, especially in like Mo and Mane. It's becoming, I mean, obviously we watch this a lot, but so does uh, Scott in the apartments. It almost becomes a bit more predictable in terms of what we're going to do. So obviously it's probably easier to defend us. But uh, yeah, I mean, Mo uh, constantly trying to out them instead of, you know, like facing up and like taking them on i feel like you know if the advantage is there, it's probably most pace over like trying to out muscle them and you know trying to control them and stuff it just felt like we we're watching the same thing over and over again but we watched it the last couple of weeks too i mean i said it during the game and i still am confused as why they didn't give it a longer shot at one point they swapped wings and you know mine was on the right only lasted like a few minutes. I don't know. It almost felt like they were trying it or I don't know if it just like ended up being that way and they stay there kind of like what Trent on Robo do sometimes after like a corner kick or something like that. But I really felt like that would have been a better matchup because if Mane faces up to Shaw and takes him down, you know, to the line or whatever and cuts in, I feel like he has the agility to do so. And I think Mo could have used his muscle on the other side against their right back. So I, it's just like frustrating, but I guess, I mean, I do agree with Bickler's rating. I thought it was very poor from Salah. And you can kind of see the frustration in them. And this is what basically happens, you know, when you have the confidence, everything goes your way. When you don't have the confidence, you're kind of like trying to scramble and trying to get it back. It almost feels like we're trying to get a tap in. We know, you know, a shot that we know is going to be a goal. And that makes it even tougher because now you're trying to get that shot and you can't get it this like, kind of like a, constantly evolving thing i mean anybody who's played the game if you have a batch where you're like kind of any position in the middle field you know like defense you know midfield you know in defense you know like if you're trying to build up play you don't have the confidence you're probably booting it because you don't make a mistake instead of making a smart pass it's kind of like the same feel like i get the feeling that they just do not have that confidence now and i think it's only a game away a decent game away or maybe like two games back to back where, you know, like, they kind of, like, share the goals and stuff like that. But just got to get there. I mean, if, we know their quality. It just has to be a matter of time. I just, you know, we'll probably talk about it. But I feel like the biggest part is getting our midfield back to what it should be to help the boys up front.
0: Absolutely. I, I think you touched on a few um, great points as well there. I do think Sadio's got a much more physical side to him than Mo. Um, but, Parker, uh, assuming that you you had the, the time to read Paul's um, – ratings, he really did hit the nail on the head. Some really standout performances. Um you know, Bickler uh put the nail on the head with Ali. If there was any other goalkeeper there, we lose that game. Um mm-hmm. Fabinho done brilliantly. And and like we like myself and Timus have said, you know, he, he's not wrong with the uh, with the four for Mo. Um but yeah it's it's just one of those things. And like Timotion said, you know, we're we're almost trying to get that perfect goal sometimes, like the the arsenal of old, trying to walk it in, trying to get that perfect play together. But realistically now it doesn't matter how it goes in, we just need one to go in, don't we?
3: Yeah, I mean like I've like I've been saying in the past, you know, where I would take those flute goals, I think that's all we need. We just need something to cross that threshold and put that tally up on the board just for the confidence boost. If nothing else, just for the confidence boost to say, hey, we can make the other team bleed. Yeah. We can kick them in the jaw and draw some blood. We can do this. And that's, I, I, I think that's a big part of what our issues. Is. You know, I can, I can speak from experience growing up playing sports that when the team I was on was under a drought of scoring, whether that be, know five minutes in a basketball game or multiple games in lacrosse um it kills the confidence of the team you can see it very very palpably when you're playing and you know it's hard to tell obviously with pro sports they do a lot better at uh masking that because they are you know professional athletes and not to mention the soccer with the uh camera angles being so far away picking up those finer details of uh Minor facial expressions is a lot more difficult, but I I can say with pretty high confidence that that's got to be affecting them. If even if they're not showing on the pitch, you bet they're showing it in the locker room. Oh, absolutely! It has to
0: has to has to stick in their psyche. You know, they'll they'll always remember those missed chances, and they'll obviously rue them.
3: And the thing is, is it's a it's a vicious vicious cycle, man. You know, because let's say you play one game, you have an absolute garbage match you're that's that's gonna come into your head at some point the next match yeah i don't care how good your mind game is at some point that thought's just gonna twinkle in your head now whether you give it time and let it stew or not that's a totally different story but it's coming in your head yeah the more and more matches come where we're not scoring The more and more that little self-doubt, that little lack of confidence, that little chirping in the back of your head going, hey, this hasn't happened yet. Hey, you guys haven't done this yet in a while. That's just going to get stronger and stronger. So they just just need to get something to be able to put that to rest. And I think as soon as we get one or two goals in, in a Premier League match, the floodgates are going to open.
0: Hopefully you're right, man. Absolutely. So, Paul, now that we've talked your... We've picked apart apart Bickler's ratings. Um, I forget, who was your... Who was the man of the match, the actual man of the match, and, and who would be your man of the match? Obviously, it was Thiago's home debut yeah. and other standout performances, but...
2: Yeah, I usually don't put it in the man of the match, actually, because um, I like to just kind of leave it up to discretion see what kind of feedback we get. Uh, for me, it's probably Thiago, um just because i think everything he did was like a class above um in terms of his, his movement i mean he almost he almost scored one from 20 out um, lovely wasn't just, it just yeah yeah he's the only one right now he's so important to the side because liverpool are at their most dangerous when they're transitioning from defense to offense and right now that's not happening because we're soaking up so much possession that we're essentially having to break team downs teams down inside their own 18 so Somebody with his vision and ability to pass into the half spaces is, is, is really critical, and he's one of the best in the world at it. Unfortunately, we just don't – we don't have that movement up front uh, for that to happen. I mean, I mean, there's switching fields and things, but it's just a static stacked four when we're up there, um, up top really, and that's a problem. I mean, I think the only re- the only real way that you're going to break that down is by – either a making the runs or when we're in possession, somebody has got to take somebody on and pull a second defender out of position. And that's yeah. why it was so frustrating with Mo is because if he would have taken, he has Shaw beaten for pace every time he's got him one-on-one, if he takes him, he's at least drawing an inside defender and opening up space for somebody like Bobby to pull in or Monty to pull across, or even something to pop out the Thiago to hit it from range, a plethora of options open up. And like Timucin was kind of talking about, I think there's just this, this uh general overplay from the team altogether where they want to pass it to death. And even when we get into a position where we can pass it to death, like we Bobby rips a shot, and I don't want to get mad at him because we need people to put shots on frame, but like he's got rabo and acres of space. You could have just walked, like if we're looking to walk a goal in, we missed yeah. it. Yeah. So that's that's what's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I honestly think that. We'll be fine, but somebody needs to get in Sadio and in 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 Mo's ear and just be like, look, man, if we're gonna if they're gonna sit back in, into a low block, if they're gonna sink sink back into a low block, we've got to start taking people on one on one. We're the best in the we've got the the best front three in the world at it. Like there's no there's no reason for Mo to be just posting up with his back to a defender and just looking for somebody four yards away that he can, can dink it around to. Um, so that's kind of where I mean, that's my frustration with it. I mean, it's they'll, they'll get out of it. It's just tough to watch, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, on, on the topic of Thiago and, and the midfield and pop shots, yeah, I mean, Paul, you must have a sixth sense because that was literally my next bullet point there. Um, you know, that, that one in and around the 60th minute where Salah's in the box and it just rolls. It, it takes that extra touch. It's coming across his body and I, I, I'm screaming at him just, Head it, just lash your butt at it and, and see what happens. You know, maybe maybe something will come off it. But he didn't, he took the extra touch anyway. Um, but a couple of things on Tiago that I wanted to briefly discuss. Um, I read somewhere, to Timuchin, that um, on the Sky Sports stream, because they don't pump in the fake crowd noise, Tiago was heard saying something along the lines to the team, you know, trying to G them up, like Stevie G style. Like you know, he said or something to these to this effect. Like a, a draw is not enough. You know, he was trying to g up the players, and I thought that was um, a great thing to 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 see because you know he he already gets what. Well, I mean, he's a world class player. He knows what it is to play in a big derby, uh, even though it's not a derby. It's a massive rivalry. Um, but John Barnes as well has come out today. Saying something along the lines now I love Barnesy, like brilliant player for us, absolute magician on the left wing, but um he said something that having Tiago in the side is slowing down our movement, which i just i I didn't really agree with. I just wanted to sort of cast it out there and and see what you guys would think because
2: it, it
0: John Barnes is very opinionated as a as a pundit, most of them are um. Love him or or loathe him, you know those opinions can you know they're they're his own opinions, whatever. But I just thought it was a little off the mark for me. I think um on his home debut as well, you know he he's still improving, um, coming back from injury as well. I you know let's let's talk about Tiago and then you can uh, say what you want about John Barnes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I read that about like Barnes' comments and. I mean, I know what he's saying, but I just don't agree with it. Um, I think, you know, if if all things were equal, then yeah, maybe you can go back to Thiago. But you have this, I mean, what I would consider really kind of like a makeshift midfield that had, to my knowledge, never played together before for us. Um, so like to pin it on Thiago, I thought he was the only one that was more actually like switching play, I thought. I mean, that's where we miss... Handle in that midfield i mean people always complain about all oh, sideways blah 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 but i feel like he's the one that probably moves the ball the fastest a couple of games ago when we had milner there you could kind of tell the ball does not move as fast we kind of miss hando in midfield in that sense to be able to kind of like you know, swing the play a lot faster and things like that. One thing I do notice as we watch, I mean, we watch this team all the time. uh, So, but you can kind of tell that they're not used to Thiago's passes yet. There are times where, you know, there was a pass that he kind of like lobbed over to Trent, whereas normally that pass would go on the ground to Trent. And whereas he he, I find that he leads people more into those areas, especially for like Trent and Robo. And I think it's going to take a bit more of time, you know, like to kind of get used to him in that sense. But man, I mean, the guy's vision, his touch on the ball and willingness to take people on is spot on. I mean, I think if we have and this goes back to. You know, my biggest issue right now is we just got to go back to our regular midfield and get handle in that midfield and stuff like that. I think so that we can kind of do the counter press a lot better, play a lot faster and hopefully be able to like break down defenses. It just becomes that, you know, we become a bit more too predictable in that sense. But Tiago kind of takes that away. I think he's the only person on the team that we watch. I don't even know what he's going to do. You know, what I mean, like there is a yeah. ball like rolls back to handle. You're like, handle is gonna curve that towards the back post. Too money. I mean, you know exactly what's gonna happen. I feel like Thiago is the only player out there right now that you just don't know what the heck he's gonna do with the ball, and that kind of is hard to defend against. Uh, as opposed to you know knowing what's coming at you. So I know what he's saying in terms of like maybe he did hold the ball too long at times. I'm assuming that's what he's hinting at in terms of slowing down the pace. But he was really the only one. Doing the distributing. I mean, that's not really Genie's thing. He's just going to give you the work rates and steal the ball and stuff. But um, I thought Shaq did well, too. But I think we talked about it before. I always prefer Shaq to come off the bench to spark as opposed to he's not as good, I feel. I mean, there's always exceptions. I'm sure people can point out the games, but I feel like he's better coming off the bench. I just feel like we got to get Hando back in midfield. I think a midfield of Hando, Genie Thiago would be a lot more effective. And you know, I noticed you missed out Fabinho.
0: Obviously, we're a while off getting yeah, Fabinho you back. Yeah, you've him that either believe we we're we we're a, a while <laughs> off that time. You know, because realistically, there's there's been so many variables and variations of the centre back pairing. Um, Fabinho and Henderson, they did do fantastic against United. You know, I'm I'm looking at their stats right now. Ninety-one percent passing, 187 touches, three out of three tackles, nine clearances, and a clean sheet, you know. And that's probably the first time they've been paired together for full ninety minutes. Is it? I think so.
3: On
1: our back line. Yeah. Ah, uh, could be because I can't remember I he if he did right. change around the last time Hando played at centre back. But, but you I, know, I mean, Fabinho, yeah, another one. Well. The, another one with those great
0: pop shots. You know, we're in much of the way we're missing a, a a scrappy little goal going in in the six yards. We're missing that screamer, that worldy going in, just a shot in anger, like we were talking about earlier on. Just you know, and I, I flippantly said in our Discord channel, our private chat. That uh, you know, Fabinho's probably gonna have to relearn how to be a midfielder soon. <laughs> He's definitely gonna learn have to relearn how to shoot. I mean, he may be shooting in, in the in the practice games, but um we're a while off that yet. Um, but you know, like you said, the midfield it it's it's gonna be and Klopp even joked about Thiago being a, a new sign, and I think that's his second start for us now. But it's um all these variations and um it's just going to be so nice to have two centre-backs back there and, and let the midfielders do their job. And, you know, I, I, my mouth is watering just thinking, Parker, of uh, Tiago and, you know, uh, Hendo and, and Fab and, and whoever else can, can do their job in midfield. Let them do their job in midfield and, and one day we'll have our centre-backs back.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's something I've been thinking a lot especially lately, it's been coming a lot more clear is I think part of our issue offensively is having that broken up defense, you know, not having Hendo up in the midfield and not, and especially not having uh, Virgil, you know, his distribution from the back line is incredible. And also the fact that we can pop him out on the corner He's a massive target even if we don't necessarily pass it to him that's one more or at most times two more players that off other guys. I mean think about Virgil's this massive What is 6'6, 6'7 probably you know this giant giant of a man you put him in front of a corner people are going to be watching him like hawks so even if you can't get it to him that means one man's open somewhere so I think I think that's a big part of our scoring issue is just having it be broken. And even even if we didn't have, you know, Virgil, but we had our regular a regular center back, we'd still be in a lot better position because, you know, the team practices and practices and practices a certain way for certain positions. That's what players are used to playing. You know, not saying that Hendo's bad at playing center back. Cause he's not, he's doing a great job at it, but that's not the position he's most comfortable in, you know? And I think, I think if we had everything back to the way it was, we'd be in a lot better shape, especially offensively. You know, I think defensively we're still doing good. I mean, you know, Fab and Hendo did help for a clean sheet. That ain't easy. Yeah, especially against a team like United, you know, it's not like we were playing a uh, Sheffield or something and through a clean sheet. Um, But,
1: but I know. think part of that is because we're playing different, too. I mean, that defense looks a lot better than it normally would because we're not playing the same way we did. You know, like, we don't have both, you know, Robo and Trent running up top. You know, we're just not doing the same things we were. And, obviously, that kind of, like, affects our shooting. I, what I find is that time of podcast where I hijacked the topic. But um <laughs> what I find I odd is, you know, it. I always felt like having – as even though it's kind of a disadvantage, obviously, having two midfielders play center back for you, I thought the advantage of that would be, especially against teams that, you know, sit back, we would have two guys with great ball distributing skills playing center back. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be able to have them contribute more, but I don't see that as much. I still see, you know, either like Thiago or Gini, somebody coming to receive the ball. I was really hoping, I don't know. I, obviously the United game, we were more afraid of the counter. And so like, you know, we didn't want them to push up and stuff. Uh, but I thought, you know, against other teams, we could have taken advantage of those guys being able to be good on the ball compared to a regular center back and be able to, like, kind of push up and, like, help create. I mean, that's one thing, like, I think Matip does really well, especially at home games, is him with his awkward running, you know, like, pushing up, you know, push takes everybody out of their, spot, you know, location, changes the entire shape of the defense, and, like, creates openings behind. I really thought we would see more of that with Hendo and Fab playing as center back, and I don't think we have. And, and I, I
0: was going to get onto that, Paul, about you can kind of sense the trepidation from the back. And I guess that's probably why we're not seeing quite as many adventurous balls. You know, they're not centre-backs. They're not ball-playing centre-halves. You know what I mean? They're they're stop-gaps for right now. But let me throw it to you. So how do you feel about the whole situation right now, centre-backs, midfielders? And then I'll throw you like a real-life devil's advocate type idea
2: i mean I, I just hate it in general i i hate jordan henderson on a back line i understand it like i think it makes sense especially in the last game where you don't want to put relatively young kids in a huge rivalry game especially relatively young well I, nat's up there he's 23 or whatever but like you don't want to, yes inexperienced you don't want to put inexperience on the back line especially inexperience where the main concern is pace um, against the the attacking side that's going up against, you know, Rashford and, 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 and just pace down the wings in general. Um, so I understand it. Um, I think Tim Mishin sort of hit on it. We're missing that big switch that we got from Verge, that big switch from left to right that hits Trent down the flank. That's gone. Um, I thought it was interesting. They switched fab and Jordan's side. Well, I think we discussed it earlier, but I think they did start a cup match together if I remember right. And, they switched. They had Jordan next to Trent. They switched him for this game and put Fab over there. And I was wondering if we'd see more of that big switch, and, and we just didn't. Um, I think there, I think there's a, a, a level of, of uh, conservative play that we've reached along the back um, just because of the moving parts that we're dealing with. Um it's self doubt
0: creeping in, you know, it's like,
2: I mean, you don't like Jordan Hendricks. I mean, Fab's had more experience because he played uh, Fab was a traditionally trained right back for a long time in, in his younger years. So he played along the back. Jordan hasn't. So he's not naturally thinking of the line in general. He, he he's just spent like the last probably six weeks getting drilled and holding the back line. You know what I mean? And, and so, like, I think there's a level of conservative play that comes along with that, that I think does hurt us. And
0: even um, Fabinho said that training along Matip has made him a better centre-back, you know? Right, so Jordan right. hasn't got that luxury right now, you know, Matip's right, not no. in training, you know? So the, yeah, he has no actual centre-back to learn the trade-off, you know? But yeah, um, like
2: getting trained by the assistant manager. It's always right. a, a
0: little bit costly. Awesome in translation, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the my real-life um, devil's advocate, uh, which I like to do, by the way, just in case those who don't know me. I like to throw throw it in there now. A, 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 a spanner in the spokes, so to speak. Um, like we were saying earlier on, it's going to be a while before Fab can move into midfield again. Is there a point to be made that obviously we don't like having Hendo back there. Obviously we're not enjoying even Fabinho back there, even though he's doing a great a stellar job. Is there a point to be made? Is there a reason to keep this partnership going? Because it seems to be a problem this year, obviously with the injuries, that we haven't had a partnership at centre-back. You know, it was Van Dijk was out. Then it was Gomez. Then it was Maddox. So we haven't had a twosome. Is there an argument to be made to keep those two at the back? Because we are kind of, well, we're not loaded with midfielders. <laughs> we're, we're, we're stricken all over the place. We're down Ox, we're down Naby. But is there, is there any reason that we
2: should keep that as a parent? Not for me. Not for me. I think Jordan's too important in the midfield. I think he's too important for the midfield. And for me, if you don't want to dip into the transfer market, I understand it and I totally get it. And I'm not upset about it like a lot of our supporters would be. I don't think it's the difference. I don't think the transfer market's the difference between us winning a title and losing a title. Um, And I think that if you've, if you've got the confidence to give the young kids the minutes you've already given them, um, then you have to figure it out between Reese and that and even Billy coming healthy. Now Um, you, you've got to figure it out between that. I mean, I think I'd rather have, a little bit of inexperience at a natural position than experience at a position that's critical for our team back there. I think we've got to stop weakening our midfield to like plug a hole. Yep. You know what I mean? I just, I, I, at some point, at some point you've got to put your best players in their best position and stop trying to put your best players in a position just to fill a need um, in my opinion. So like, I mean, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, maybe we'll see a little bit of both. Maybe we'll see Jordan, some of these big games back there, um, against pacer teams. Um, but for me, uh, we lose too much when he's back there. I, I I'd like to see us, uh, roll the dice. And and that's precisely
0: why I was trying to be that devil's advocate. I'm trying to squeeze that little gem of knowledge out of you, Paul. And. It's it's the same. That's a hard squeeze. It's a hard <laughs> squeeze. It's like right. getting blood from a stone. But I got it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, I'm done. Thanks, guys. I'll see you. Later.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you know, all fans can echo Paul's thoughts there, Parker. Right? I mean, we we are beginning to to put square pegs in round holes, etc. So you know, it's it's just one of those things where we're caught in a real catch 22 that mm-hmm. you know we're 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 covering our ears to spite our face you know what i mean mm-hmm. so
3: i think i think one thing paul that you didn't mention too that i haven't seen brought up a lot actually um is the part that is hendo's leadership on the pitch you know we saw those videos earlier this season of him yelling screaming giving commands communicating doing really well and again, this might just be me not being as experienced with the defending position since, you know, I'm five, six, no one's putting me on a back line anywhere. Unless I'm <laughs> playing against toddlers. Um, but I feel like it'd be a lot harder to do that communication as effectively and do that leadership as effectively um when you're sat there on the back line versus in the midfield where you're kind of gelling a lot more forward and backward and getting further up the field, I think, I mean, just naturally speaking, you know, that's less distance your voice has to carry to be able to, you know, communicate with everyone. So I think I think that's got to be a factor in it too somewhere.
0: Well, no, let's let's dip into our, our defenders union here. We've got tomitian here who is our. <laughs> are in-house i was
1: gonna say they put short guys in defense yeah (laughs) he's a a natural
2: natural wing back
3: when i played when i played beer league in college i was playing with a bunch of kids that were about six two six three so i was really the little guy you put you put a a short guy in a dutch school he's gonna be feeling real short
0: (laughs) but you know I, i hear your argument um it used to be back in the day that, you know, goalkeepers were always the captains and centre-backs were always the captains. So to mention, I mean, talk us through what your opinion would be of that. Like, obviously, captain armband goes to those who are most vocal in general. However, Stevie G kind of bucked that trend. Um, he did have Kara on his back line. Car- was the vocal one. And, and Jamie Carragher's quote as saying as much, you know, Jamie Carragher's, style was very vocal like even with the fans at capacity you could always hear Carragher screaming watching the game. Uh Gerard wasn't that type of player so he needed he needed that vocalness and he got that from Carragher. Um it's
1: it's more difficult i would say to to be a captain from the back but it's doable, right? I mean i i mean i always felt like you have a better vision of the field compared to everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I play sweeper. I mean, you know, if you're a center back, especially if you're a center back, I think you know, not like a wing back or something like that, but you have the whole vision of the field. And I don't, I honestly do not think that's what we're losing out of it. You can still hear them yelling, and trust me, like I mean, that voice can carry if you're pissed. If somebody's not tracking from midfield. I would make sure the entire field and the next field over and the next time over would freaking hear it if you're not tracking your guy back. I mean, I think, you know, you will make that hurt. And I think, you know, we're not but at the end of the day, kind of like, you know, Paul is saying we took the player of the year and just changed his position to fill a hole. And I don't think that's a smart move. I mean, yeah. you know, whether you agree it was him or like, you know, the Brian or whatever, but I mean, pretty much, you know, leading candidate, top candidate for player of the year in this position, we just kind of like taking him out of there and putting him somewhere else to kind of fill a void where even though, I mean, he's kind of like the kind of guy, you know, he leads by example as well. Kind of like Milner, he's going to do whatever. I mean, you put him in goal, he'll be a goalie, but in terms of efficiency and what you're getting, obviously, you know, your returns are really uh, diminished when you play the guy out of position. I think that's the biggest thing we're missing is like what he brings overall, you know, switching the ball. And yeah, I mean, being up there, obviously you can get in the ear of, you know, like Mo and money and stuff like that a lot more, but I mean, I've, you know, we've heard, I've been in games where the loudest person is the goalie in the back and yeah, Shit, if I can't hear him from all the way up in the stands, I know everybody on the field is hearing him too. So, uh, I mean, I don't think we're losing that as much. I just feel like we're losing the, what he brings to the play as a whole in terms of like switching the ball a lot faster, uh, the work rate overall. And then that work rate, when you have the work rate there, it pushes the people around you to that work rate as well. And it, having Hendo in midfield provides a lot better support for Trent, uh, which lets him push up a lot more. And I know his delivery has been poor and stuff like that, but I think that's almost like a matter of time too, just being able to connect on one so that, you know, more keeps coming. I think we lose all those little things and we can go on and on about, you know, what Handel brings. We're losing all those little things so that he can play center back because we don't have a center back. And that's why that's the key. And I agree with Paul. I mean, I would rather have a sign and I will be disappointed if we don't sign somebody I'm not going to be like FSG out, but, you know, I think, you know, we talked about this months ago in a podcast when we saw Lauren and we said, Hey, I, I mean, let's hope there's a plan to bring somebody in for him. And at that time we had the example of city, how they freaking collapsed and trying to play like, you know, their best defensive midfielder in that position to fill a hole and basically just fell apart. And then, we know, we ran away with it. Seeing that example, I would have thought we would have been smarter going into the season selling Lovren. And I know it's a freak thing to have your top two center backs out for the year kind of an injury too. Not even like out a month or out two months or something like that. But still, man, I just feel like, you know, if buying one center back and yeah, you might have to overpay or even if it's a loan or whatever, is going to be able to put a lot more other people into where they're gonna succeed. I think it's well worth the investment. It's just a matter of is that person available, and it doesn't help that everybody in the world knows that Liverpool needs center backs. So the crazy,
2: we, the craziest thing about this is we've done this before in recent history with Klopp. Remember when we were like we went down like five center backs and we starting Lucas Leiva back there. I mean that (laughs) wasn't (laughs) that wasn't that wasn't that long ago. I mean that was like I think Skirtle, Agger, and like two of our other guys went down, and like so. I mean we've seen this before. Yeah, but but to brings up a good point about uh, Ferdinand at City. Like we, I mean, they sometimes it's good to have an emergency plan in place, and if twenty twenty doesn't teach anything about that in our recent history about then you ain't
3: learning
2: about <laughs> center backs in general yeah i don't i don't know why they're i mean i hope there's definitely i hope there's something that we're but we're missing so i mean so. It,
0: look it, it with international travel bans and all this with corona yeah. um depleted funds because of no fans there's all sorts of reasons why yeah. we possibly won't sign a center back and you know you brought up Billy Camudio. Uh, he, he started, him and Sep uh, Vandenberg started for the under 23s today. Who knows? You know, who, who knows yep. what will eventually happen down the line? But. And, and Sep got me into the match. Wow. I didn't know that. Yep. I um,
2: think that's, inter- that's interesting because a lot of people are out on him already. So it'll yeah, be interesting yeah, to see. Absolutely.
1: I thought the rumor was he was going to be loaned out actually to get some more playing time, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to loan him right now. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, um exactly.
0: You know, <laughs> we will see what happens. Um hopefully hopefully it all gets sorted out and, and maybe there is a plan set in place for the summer, who knows? But um you know it's it's just bad times and it's crazy, really, isn't it? Um I know we've spent most of our time waffling on here about the United game and the permutations of who's gonna play centre back and who's not. But you know, in 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 essence, putting Hendo back there is certainly easier than a complete overhaul of our formation and style, you know, um, it's certainly much easier than going to a three, five, two or some craziness like that just to accommodate our midfielders in midfield and our one acknowledged center back in Fabinho. Um, it's just crazy time lads. I don't know much else to say about it. We could sit here and and talk on and on all about it, but, um, we can talk a wee bit about Burnley because uh, that's who we face next, and we all know what sort of football they they want to play. It's going to be more of the same, isn't it? Um, that low block type bullshit that we're going to be faced with. Um, so, yeah, who wants to take the reins on this one? <laughs> I'll open up the floor. Who's gonna Who's gonna lead us into the Burnley charge, lads? Don't all, don't all shy away from the microphones at once. Go
1: on.
2: <laughs> Timuchin <Tumuchin> loves Burnley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew he was going to go after me for that, too. Yes, I hate Sean Douche with a passion. <laughs> Sean, D- uh, Sean Dice? It, it, it's, <laughs> the, it's the ugly old... I mean, when the British soccer was not as popular, when the Italian league was a top league, uh, it just reminds me of all those days where just put the ball in the box... Kick the guy. Try to if you take the ball, you take the ball. Otherwise, you just kick the guy. That kind of uh, like an old school uh defending, just ugly, ugly sports that I just kind of like. Well, the entire world didn't like watching at the time. You know, I mean, before like you know, more it hasn't like, changed much now either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I think it's just gonna be you know like Groundhog Day, Groundhog Match, whatever you're gonna call it. It's just gonna be the same thing again. I think. I just hope after maybe they'll listen to the podcast and put Hando back in midfield. Uh, yeah. even if it's like, you know, you know, putting Phyllis back there with his size. Um, cause I know like Williams, we're afraid of like the speed overall. Um, but, but it's going to be a more physical game, you know. Exactly. I, even, so I think you Williams, will yeah. need that size there. It even Williams, a I'd Los be fine address, you know. Pieces and stuff like that. So yeah. you will need that size back there. Uh, so I just hope he comes back in there. And honestly, man, you're going to have to keep going at this so you kind of get out of the slump. I, I just see it as that, the skill and everything is out there. And then hopefully, you know, a little sp- park is all it's going to take to you know we always talk about like mentality monsters and stuff like that but i mean winning breeds more winning and unfortunately you know not winning is the same way so it's just a matter of kind of like switching the cycle and i think it's going to take a game or two let's hope this is the game because we got some tough fixtures coming up after this
0: yeah and and lads i'll open it up to yourselves park or paul You just can fight over who wants to talk about it <laughs> but you know i said a, a couple of pods back it's 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 that type of, you know, heavy lies the crown deal where teams know what we're about, so they're going to set up in a way that can counter that. And and that low block, anti-football style is kind of going to frustrate us, you know? So I I think it's a good time off the back of United, which, you know, United didn't come at us, which I thought, (laughs) I kind of foolishly thought they would thinking you know oh well they're at top of the league maybe they want to embarrass us but they didn't really they they sat back and in a way you know their counter attacking football didn't really phase us too much so in a way it's it's good that we've had that game um it's good that we didn't lose our home record because we would have all probably been hanging on the end of a rope (laughs) on this podcast but uh you know, I think it's a good time for us to play them. I think it's a good time for us to try and get our goal against this low-block setup that we're inevitably going to face. Um, with United in, in mind as well, um, they play Fulham on the Wednesday. So that's uh, they get an extra day's rest as well, uh, and then we play them in the Cup on Sunday. But... Um, we're going to get a goal on Thursday night, lads, aren't we? Have to.
2: None of us sound super confident about it. I was going to no? say,
1: everybody was just like, that. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to stick their head out on this yeah, one we'll after watching the last like on one. Don't but worry. We'll it. It's just to be a matter yeah. of time. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to keep the faith. <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, Burnley's got good center backs. I mean, Tarkowski, Ben Me, they're good. I mean, the problem is, I, we've just we've just got to start. We're gonna have to beat them inside their own eighteen, we're gonna have to start getting the box. People are gonna have to start taking people on. Are you know, Mane and, and and Mo are gonna have to start making the runs if we're passing from the back. Um, it's just gonna take. I mean, it's just a, it's gonna be a straight effort thing. I, I think at this point, it's like. How bad, how bad do you want it? You know, like it's gonna have to be a straight effort thing. Um, we'll be fine versus Burnley as long as we stay away from freaking corner kicks, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. um, because they're just they've just got a they've just got a they've got a bunch of big dumb, dumb animals that get up there. Chris Wood and a bunch of guys that just it's just total meatheads that come up there and like slab it in from six yards on some ugly cross. So I mean, we'll be fine as long as we can keep them away from those those situations. And, and no Parker, promises, you know... No, pro- yeah, no promises. No, pro- <laughs> no, no promises will score, though. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. That's
0: for sure. Well, they say, Parker, you know, uh, insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. But in a way, Paul's right. We, it, it's the war of attrition. We just got to keep pounding on that door, and eventually it's going to happen, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the famous Wayne Gretzky shot. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. We got to just keep peppering the goal. Yeah. You know, it's... It, it sucks in the meantime when you look at that column and see, you know, we took 10 shots on goal, two were on target, none of them went in. But if you just sit there and you wait for that golden, magical, perfect opportunity that apparently exists, you're going to be waiting forever. Yeah. Especially you know? when
2: you know freaking pass at the Robo. Also
3: that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, if you keep waiting and biding your time too much, you know, like the old adage of biting your tongue so long you bite it off, you know, you're going to screw yourself. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. you know, I think as long as we play aggressive, we take shots that, you know, maybe some are risky. Some of them are shots that we would say are dumb shots to take outside the box or something. I don't really know, but, you know, just be inventive, be creative and, you know, we can come away with multiple goals in this thing, break that drought and leave very happy
0: exactly i mean listeners as always thanks for joining us um we're probably gonna end shortly but we've got a little fun game we're gonna play here um and hopefully one day uh, any of the listeners can can get can get involved it's uh It's an old thing um, from the UK. I believe it started with George Orwell, the book 1984. So it's probably giving everybody nightmares just mentioning that book of of, uh, high school days, but um, it's called Room 101. Uh, It was adapted into a television program. Essentially what the idea is, uh, I'm gonna pose this question to, uh, to the panel here. And essentially what we're gonna do is we're gonna come up with one topic, whether it be big or small, that we're going to banish into the abyss, into the abyss, into room 101, never to rear its ugly head again. Um, so for instance, mine would be, lads, and we can discuss this ourselves. It, I'm not not certain, but I'm pretty sure that this will be a resounding yes, we're getting this thrown into room 101. First one, a resounding yes. What I suggest we throw into room 101 is playing to the fucking whistle, referee, Um and that's in reference to the first half when Mane was clean through on fucking goal with five seconds left. Sorry for the profane Irish language. But my God, play to the whistle. Lads, are you with me? Can we can we get yeah. rid of that forever? I'm good with it. Yeah. All yeah. right.
2: Second so the motion there.
0: <laughs> second the motion.
3: All right, Perfect. unanimous.
0: So do we have any other little ideas or anything that's grinded your gears to the point, you know, whether it be the the notion of fandom and, oh, I've I've watched the game for four decades, I'm better than you, or, you know, what is it that's going to really grind your gears me. this week?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to pitch in and say that, actually, that it's, it's kind of shocking to hear how people will be like, oh, well, you've only followed for this amount of time, or even, like, if you get on Reddit, you'll see a bunch of English people be like, oh, get out, Yank. Yeah. Like, just because I don't live in Liverpool doesn't mean I'm not a fan. Exactly.
0: Your fandom is much like, as appreciated as anybody else's. Like Your it, money is it, just as green as anybody well, else's.
3: not only that, but you can make the argument literally takes more effort for me to try to watch the match. Big I time. To even find the, the people on, on the West Coast have to platforms.
0: stay up all night.
3: Yeah. So I, I, I would say the whole, like, you have to be this tall to ride this ride. You have to be a fan for this long to be a true fan. Let's, let's spin that.
0: Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm sure the lads are too. Paul, have you got one for,
2: for us? Jesus, one? How how long are we at? Are we doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, You can do mine too if you want. Just go for it. We can do a whole
2: one-on-one <laughs> podcast uh, when this um, takes
1: off. But uh, one so for now. It-
2: Okay, one, one per week. Are you writing these down? Because we I mean, we're going to forget them. Um, yeah, no,
0: I've got a massive <laughs> ream of paper, right? Like a big newspaper Cut. reel, and they're just feeding into the abyss.
2: Okay. I feel like I could put a Grinch list together for this. Um, <laughs> like, I, so one thing that I am really uh, over, um, probably because I just belong to too many Facebook groups, is like I am really over, since we are rolling in the week 20 of this season, uh, anything related to why is the match on Peacock? Peacock oh, app sucks. Man, that was mine, man. <laughs> Peacock app sucks. You can't rewind on it. All NBC is trying to do is make money. Yeah, that's true. They're a television company, so they are trying to make money by putting games on the app you have to subscribe to. I am um, so people- glad that I didn't bring
0: this up when I was talking about your ratings because you made a lovely little dig about Peacock in that, and I'm yeah, so glad I, I didn't.
2: I did, and I don't normally. I don't normally, but uh, you sometimes you got to do things for the general audience that you don't normally do. I mean, I, I, I hoard myself. One. <laughs> I, I hoard myself out a little bit on that one, um, but yes, like I, I just like I don't. I don't understand it. It's five ninety nine a month. I know there are a lot of things people have to subscribe to. It's still for me. It's still substantially less money than than following any other team. Like for me, like. Um, I mean, Parker's from my home state, so he get this. If I want to watch every Pistons game this year, I'm paying for a $300 league pass for NBA. If I want to catch the Lions every out of market game, I don't know why anyone would want to do that to themselves. But if I wanted to, it, it's another $300. So I like, should be
1: paying you to watch it. <laughs> listen, Brilliant. let me talk to
2: Mishin. Um But my point is, it's like
1: in there. Hold on one second.
2: But people have people. You don't ever hear about anybody being like, "Oh, the NFL is just." This is just exploitation of people trying to make more money off stuff. Like nobody has a problem dropping $300 on a league pass for the NFL, but we're taking a sport from another country coming all the way across and providing coverage that you guys can get and replay for the most part at any point in like all of a sudden five 99 a month is a deal breaker for people that are probably buying $40 worth of coffee in a week. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like I'm exactly. so tired And like the fact that people are like, bringing this up 20 games into the season to me, it's like, like people are like, people are like, Oh, where's the pregame? I'm like, dude, have you not watched any of the other 20 games that were on? Like, at least probably 10 of our games have been on Peacock. Right. Like, there's never there's never pregame. It's on NBC because NBC stop, owns it. Stop beating
0: it. the horse. It's right. already dead, you know? Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: right. – I'm but, not saying that to you. I'm saying, you know, no, 20 games I into just, the season, they're, they're, they're just getting I, it, you know?
2: Yeah, like, I don't – like, I don't get it. And we're going to do it every single fucking week. And I just, oh, yeah. like – I literally want to just slam my head in the refrigerator door. Like I'm so like I'm so over it. <laughs>
3: I have I have two Sorry. notes on that real quick. First of all, if you're an Xfinity customer here for your internet, you can get Peacock for free. So
2: just people a would still bitch, Parker. Oh, people I know. Would still bench. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. But I have but, to change
1: channels, know. Parker, to watch the pregame. You know,
3: still a uh, <laughs> a little FYI for people out there that want to save that five bucks. They even give you a nice little. Box that sits and collects dust. It's
2: great. More (laughs) Um, importantly, as a former grocery retail worker, if anyone needs (laughs) advice on how to save five ninety nine a month, please hit me up. You guys can at me. I will show you how to shop for groceries that will save you five ninety nine over the course of an entire month. Well, I'm taking on that
1: shit. My
3: my second point on that is more of a question that I think honestly, Tim, you might be the only one that can answer, but.
2: What? Holy what? shit, what Lug, kind of a Lug, question Lug, is that?
3: <laughs> so, 20 years ago, like, what oh, was trying shits. to you watch did not go there. a match like? <laughs> because, like, you know, I was five then, so... I- I'm so, curious, what is the like, question,
2: what, apart from Park- me being old? Yeah, Parker's <laughs> you know, what, Parker's asking what it's like to be old.
3: I mean, yeah, mostly, but, like, what is try- <laughs> what was trying to watch and catch your team's matches for a game that's played in a different country, like, 20 years ago?
0: Oh, they had advertisements during the bloody games i i remember
1: ew yeah i mean i don't know i i couldn't tell you how many viruses i've received <laughs> or how much <laughs> malware i've got in the trying to follow uh, like liverpool and Fanarbach over the years since i came over here i mean first of all it was semi-impossible i mean as far as i mean when i was in college and stuff like that uh because I'm that old, Parker. This internet thing is not as you know as old <laughs> as you think it is. So you know, before that became years, popular, you kind of like stream some stuff. I mean, and you know, that was all like illegal streams and malware at your own risks kind of deal. So uh, I'm glad T- you asked me this question, though. It really, like, that- really means a lot. Timutian's T- T- well, T- T- wife up- was
2: re- she was she was really relieved when she found out that the computer wasn't ruined from porn; it was just from trying <laughs> to stream games. <laughs>
1: It was his love of Fenerbahce and Liverpool
2: yeah. that really, really
0: yeah, pulled over
1: the You could always yeah. blame any virus or malware <laughs> to your soccer feeds because you could never be anything else. But um, nonetheless, that's that's kind of the point I
3: wanted to make. Is it's so much easier now? Yeah. Okay, I have to get subscribe born on a that's... different app. <laughs> Ooh, all of all an of official all way of the I can watch the match at my fingertips. I don't have to deal with dial-up. I don't have to deal with that slow of internet comparatively and it's not that far delayed. You know, I'm not sitting there watching it on, you know, a ticker on ESPN.com or something like we have it at our fingertips. Yeah. Is it perfect? No, not in the least bit. But it's a whole lot better than it could be. So yeah, I'm overall I'm with you there, Paul.
0: Well I was reading uh in apparently in Uganda people are losing their mind right now because there's a whole bunch of political unrest. I, I can't really remember the details of it. But somebody literally turned off their internet for a week. And all these play, oh, the, these fantasy league players in Uganda are losing their <laughs> mind because it was double game week points and shit. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, man. I mean, think about that. We have the luxury of internet. But, I, yeah, we're all right there with you, Paul. We're throwing uh, the peacock hubbub straight into room 101 uh yep. to much and you've had time now to uh think up another of one of your gripe what really grinds
1: your gears what's what's going into room 101 stole that from me because man i was thinking the same thing this week the, the worst thing was they were like why would they put the liverpool united game on peacock instead of some other lowly game i'm like maybe yeah, they're trying like to they make under- money because they
2: yeah <laughs> It's like they understand business. It's weird.
1: How is <laughs> supply and demand? I took second grade economics. <laughs> um, I, one thing that really gets on my nerves is I, and I kind of like Paul because of probably because of the website and stuff like that in a lot of groups and uh, like, especially like official, like, you know, supporter club groups and stuff like that as well. But honestly, I see it in the bigger groups a lot more of people suddenly turning on a player. And it, somebody can be out of form, but you should not probably post in the 17 minutes of the game and say Firminio shit or Mo is shit and stuff like that. Because they did not become shit overnight. I mean, just because they haven't scored or they missed a chance and stuff like that. The overreaction of suddenly a player that you were singing a song freaking like six months ago uh and then he was like the best forward eight months ago or two weeks ago i mean when we beat crystal palace 7-0, this three was back to being the best in the world and stuff that's what kills me is mid-game post we can do i'll say that for next week uh but <laughs> more than that the post about just calling players shit is unreal to me because
2: is this about me and divak <laughs> what is this about me and divak <laughs> I actually thought I, about that as
1: I was saying. I'm, I'm like, he's gonna take this personally because <laughs> I'm, right I'm
2: right in the room. I'm right here. But even then, you <laughs>
1: never called D-Walk, You know, shit. I mean, I think we. You know, it's okay to be frustrated with a player or like an error. I mean, there was a time. You know, there was a moment in the game where like Trends headed the ball straight into the corner, and I was like, oh come on, man, Trends. But I would never be like Trent. You shit! Yeah. It's like, are you freaking yeah. serious? The overreaction. Let's just please throw it away. <laughs>
0: I I despise oh, yeah. it. I despise it. And you know, for some strange reason, people latch on to one sort of player. Like Lalana was that a couple of years back. I hate that. So I'm right there with you. I I think that kind of
3: toxicity is uh is not warranted. Um. And, and even people even do it to players that haven't even got much of a chance to shine. Like I saw a couple of weeks ago, Minamino or on it's, yeah, on Takami, and it's like he's barely had more than maybe 120 minutes on the pitch. It's just he unfair. Genuinely make in good faith a call saying he's a garbage player with that little time.
0: I'm definitely with you, mention on that one. That one needs to get binned yeah, forever. That's,
3: that's a good one. Um, it down.
0: So so that's it. First time out for Room 101 and we're throwing, what, one, two, three, four, five things in there? That's brilliant. <laughs> um, Are we throwing the Detroit Lions in there too? Or is that <laughs> I mean, we can. <laughs> so, Come listeners, on, if you enjoyed that uh, little bit of fun, um, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can make that weekly segment and, and if you just want to get involved, throw, throw your comments <laughs> to us on, on Twitter or Instagram or on Facebook. And as always, it's a pleasure to have yous, uh, lads and listeners. Um, good fun. And we'll see you next week, I guess. Um, we'll, be, we'll be back again with more antics, LFC antics. So as always, turn on, tune in and cop out with us, at reprobates uh, at americanscouser.com, folks. Um, if you're in need of any more wonderful news or blogs, head on over to the American Scouser website. We've got you covered there. So, lads, thanks for joining me. All the best. You'll never walk alone. No, come
3: on. Never walk alone,
2: guys. <laughs> oh, Paul bailed. Damn, Paul's gone crazy.